Good evening, and welcome to Meet the Artist Interviews. I'm your host, Charles McNeil. I'm the Director of Education for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. We are pleased to welcome you here this afternoon on Sunday, February 8th, recording in the theater of the War Memorial Opera House. I'd also like to welcome our online listeners. You might know that some of our select interviews are podcast, and they're available on our website. And you can check throughout the season to find interviews such as this one tonight. Meet the Artist Interviews and Points of View Lectures are both sponsored by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. To find out more about San Francisco Ballet, more about our education programs, and more about Swan Lake, you can visit our website at www.sfballet.org. And I'm going to get started with a few questions for our guest, and then we will be able to take questions from the audience. So you can start thinking of your questions, and I want to leave plenty of time for that. I know that we're all... We're all excited to ask questions of the dancers when we have that opportunity. This afternoon's guest is a, is a distinguished artist who has danced with the Royal Ballet of Wollany, the Royal Ballet of Flanders, Ballet de Monte Carlo, and San Francisco Ballet. He has danced many major roles to critical acclaim and performs important contemporary works by celebrated choreographers throughout the season. He has been Snow King, Chinese, Russian, and who knows what else, in Nutcracker. Uh, Sancho Panza in Don Quixote, Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, and he's played lead roles in so many ballets, uh, it's impossible to name them all, but a few are Double Evil, Elite Syncopations, The Dance House, Lamborena, and many, many more. He was awarded, previously awarded, a gold medal and a special jury prize at the International Mediterranean Dance Competition, and he joined San Francisco Ballet in 2002 as a soloist and was promoted in 2003. Please welcome San Francisco Ballet principal dancer Pascal Molat. Hello. <laughs> you know, Pascal, on the way here today, I was thinking that I think we have to acknowledge this is your day off. And, you know, that's kind of important. Can we give a round of applause for being here on his day off? I, I thought of that. I thought, this is your day off, and, and you're giving back, you're, you're showing up, you're, you're interacting with the public, and so thank you for being here. But if you weren't here, where would you be? In bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will be resting, that's for sure. Really? And, you know, listening to music or watch a DVD, and mm -hmm. especially when it's a gray weather like that, at, yeah. you know, during the day, so... And yeah, actually, I've been dancing, like, uh, every night for two weeks, and this is true that today it's my... Only day off, but it's a pleasure to be here and uh, participate to uh, meet the artist. Well, thank you. We very much appreciate it. So I want to start out with a big question right off from the top, and that is, what are you excited about this season? What's coming up for you? What, what is, what is uh, on your mind? I've been very excited already with uh, Program 1 and 2, and uh, especially with the world um, premiere of Yuri Posokov, Diving into Lilac. It was a great experience. Yes, you can applaud. <laughs> It's always a great experience to uh, work with Yuri. He's so passionate. Yeah, he's very special. So it's always good to do uh, one of his creations. Mm -hmm. And uh, also with uh, In the Middle, Somewhat Elevated. Mm -hmm. But um, such a great ballet to dance that you're going to see actually this, uh, this afternoon. Mm -hmm. How would you, so it, that's, an, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, of course, a, a masterpiece, a great ballet by uh, Forsyth. Tell me, how do you describe that ballet? Since you mentioned it, uh, it's it's very uh, so difficult to describe because actually the music is very uh, primer and and very strong, mm -hmm. and the motion are going just in 
they are all extreme mm -hmm. and it's very, very musical. Even if you cannot hear uh, much of a melody, when mm -hmm. you hear the music, there is one behind and mm -hmm. which is very interesting. But um, it's all about energy. Mm -hmm. It's all about how you present yourself, what you want to give to the audience. And it's, um, it's very demanding, very physical, uh, very athletic. Mm -hmm. And you have to be very precise to... Uh, Because the choreography is so strong already yeah. that you really uh, need to make a statement to be your, that your dancing is as strong as the choreography. And with the music, it helps so much. And it's a really a pleasure like, to, to, dan to dance it. Really? It's yes. so challenging. It, it, it's fun, though? You still find oh, yeah. fun in so it? Oh, yeah. So much fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> what a, what a, speaking of that, that ballet, what about the contrast of the the athleticism that we see in so much contemporary choreography versus a real emphasis on technique. Not that one uh, prevents the other, but, but do you feel like sometimes that there's too much emphasis on the athleticism? I don't think so. I mean, uh, I think it's important for the audience to see some athleticism, some mm -hmm. technique. I mean, it's part of um, our job to do very difficult things that actually the audience cannot do. Otherwise, they will not uh, be coming here to see us. <laughs> <laughs> but you never have to forget the emotional part of it. Yeah. Even if you don't have a story, even if um, um, nobody likes telling you what is the feeling about the piece, mm -hmm. I think it's very important for yourself to create something that you're going to think about it when you, you are dancing. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, just, it's not just step and technique. It's also uh, coming with the emotion with the energies going with the music. Mm -hmm. I always say, like, the music, it's 50% uh, of my dance because if you are really paying mm -hmm. attention to the music, it drives you all along your dance mm -hmm. and you'll be way more uh, stronger to get an impact uh, on the audience with what you feel and what you want to do. You know, obviously with story ballets like, like Don Quixote, you have a character to play, a role to play. For a, a, a ballet like in the middle, somewhat elevated, do you, do you create a character for yourself? Or like, or, like you said, does the emotion just Actually, you? yes, you do. Cre Actually, it has been created in Paris Opera in uh, 1989, I mm -hmm. think. And in Paris Opera, it's a big house where um, uh, the, there is no conflict, but between dancers, there is like kind of uh, an arrogance mm -hmm. a little bit. And uh, you can transpose that on stage here too giving a style like style of Paris Opera, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, if you see a dancer from Paris Opera interacting between them, it's very particular. Mm. And I had the chance to do um, the Paris Opera School, so I know the dancer. So uh, for me, uh, it gave me some clue how to act in that piece because it's, like I said, it's just not about step. And there is a lot of relationship between the dancer in that piece because if you see it, you always see like a group of dancers looking at the one who is dancing in the middle. Right. And you are always like some uh, eyes contact. And I think it's very important because it creates an atmosphere. And even if there is no story, or maybe there is one hidden that mm -hmm. maybe the audience has to uh, figure right. it out, but um, it's very important to um, create those eye contact and um, this atmosphere, to build an atmosphere. So like that is, like I said, just not steps and technique. When you've danced something like that before, how long does it take you to remember it, to, 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 to get it all back in your body? I mean, we are always learning uh, the ballet like months ago. 
and then uh, we have two weeks to put it back together. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've been lucky. I've been dancing in the middle like 10 years ago when I was with Lebanon Monte Carlo. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice to come back and restudy a piece that you have danced by the past um, because you, you, you try to um, um, add some element or some feeling that maybe you, I mean, when I was uh, 25 years old, right, I right. was not, <laughs> yeah. it's quite different from now. So you have also maturity and experience that helps you to create something different and wow. not to try to reproduce what you have done by the past. Wow. It's always interesting to try to evolve uh, as a dancer sure. and to, um, to try to get in many different directions to just simply enrich yourself and um, get another feeling about the piece and yeah. a new approach. That must be so satisfying to dance something when you're 25 and then dance it 10 years later and really be able to, to bring a whole different coloration. True, especially when you, th when you think that you are dancing better than 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good too. You mentioned your background training at the Paris Opera School. And so tell me how that training influenced, has influenced your dancing. The Paris Opera School, you know, um, first of all, it's all about discipline. So... Mm -hmm. They put away a little bit your personality to create a little machine to dance. <laughs> and um, it's, it's really one of the best schools or maybe the best school in the world. I mean, it's, um, the training is very strict mm -hmm. and it gives you um, a lot of key to uh, be strong in your head, you know, because you are going like through many different uh, challenges uh, when you are young. And you are exposed to uh, many different situations that um, make you stronger too. So it's a, it's a hard school mm -hmm. because um, a lot of dancing, like four hours of dancing every day, plus the, sc uh, the school, you know, in the morning. I think that the training, they gave me like my technique. And uh, for the rest, after when you become a professional, you develop more the artistic side of it. Oh. Even if we have been, I mean, when you are at school, you are also performing, so you are exposed and you are on stage. Right. But uh, they really give you a, a solid uh, baggage, you know, for, for the future technically. Mm -hmm. then, um, then after, it's, uh, it's, it's more about, like, how you're going to develop, how you're going to... They, they are not trying to make you think by yourself when you are young. They are really, like, strict, and it, there is just one way to do it. And so after when you finish the school, you, you discover that there is like many other possibilities to see how you can do a pas de bourré or a tendu. Uh, Pascal, along those same lines, I mentioned that you won the um, gold medal and the special jury prize in the International Mediterranean Dance Competition, and that was in 1994. How, does that really affect your career or you, how does that impact your, your life Actually, as a performer? It did impact me a lot, and this is the only contest in my life I've done. Oh, really? Yes. Um, when I was in Paris Opera the last year, um, uh, just before to try to enter in the company, I had a stress fracture on my left knee uh, because I was dancing way too much. And um, I've, I've not been taken in Paris Opera because of that. And so for one year, uh, I, was, well, I was like for three months in a cast. And then after five months of re-education, it was like, at that point, I was like wondering if I will be able to dance again. But after this year, um, 
one of my professors, because I went back to Montpellier, where I come from, actually, and my professor, Rudy Briance, uh, told me, it's like, it's going to be very important for you to do a contest before you are going, like, professionally to another company, and you're going to be also exposed. So it's, I think it's very important for you to do it, because uh, he said to me, you cannot stay on... Um, um, uh, because I was not taking in Paris Opera in the company, it was like kind of a failure. So it, for him, it was very important that I do that contest. And the funny part of it, it's like 90% um, of the jury who was in that contest was the same jury that I had the year before when I was in Paris Opera. Oh, okay. And um, so <laughs> for me, it was like um, uh, a relief to know that by my peers, uh, I was also uh, accepted like a, a good dancer. And so from then, when I did this uh, contest and I get the gold medal, but also the special prize of the jury, it was really an accomplishment. And for me, I turn a page, I say, okay, um, now I can be professional and uh, try to go on. You know, I have read that it was your dream to always dance at San Francisco Ballet. I mean, we think of all the dance companies in the world, all the great ballet companies. You always wanted to come here. This was one of your goals, is that true? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, I remember when I auditioned here, I never went to New York City Ballet or ABT. It was like, if I come to America, it's going to be San Francisco Ballet <laughs> or I stay in Europe. Oh! <laughs> okay. Yes. That puts us, that puts us in a very good place. I, I want to read something. I was uh, looking over some previous interviews you'd done, and um, this is the quote um, from you. At Ballet Monte Carlo, the challenges I wanted... I got them. I was getting comfortable. I did all the classic European repertory, but then I wanted challenges. I wanted to put myself in danger. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm always like borderline. You know, when you are in danger, you feel, you feel alive, yes. for sure. Yes. And um, this is true that if you feel that you are in a comfortable place, sometimes you don't go beyond yourself. And um, I think it's very important for any artist to feel that they are in danger when you are on stage. I mean, it's good to be comfortable on stage when you have the finished product, but um, it's always good to uh, create for yourself some challenges who's going to uh, bring you to another level. Mm -hmm. And when I was in Monte Carlo, like you said, I, uh, I did a lot of contemporary ballet and did a lot of classical repertoire when I was with the Royal Ballet of Flanders. And uh, my goal was really to get the, the two of this, those two words, like to do classical but also modern. And I knew that the San Francisco Ballet, like, well, I, uh, offering me this this uh, opportunity to dance both. So, uh, with the repertoire that we have, like like dancing in the middle, that that puts you really like um, on the edge of your seat because it's so uh, it's very demanding dancing, and it's true that. Uh, when you are dancing, you, you need to uh, try to uh, get as far as you can like with your possibilities. So that's where you need to put yourself in danger to try to not fall on stage, but almost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it gives this impression that it's something alive. And like, I think for an audience, it's always, they can like, really uh, feel and respond to that energy yeah. when you are always borderline, you know? Yeah. So you get the attention when you... So that's why I think it's very important for any artist to not feel too comfortable with what they are doing. 
I have a couple more questions for Pascal, and then we'll take questions. Um, you know, I want to switch subjects completely. Today, we have all sorts of new media. Before, you would come to the theater, you'd see the dancer on the stage, you'd appreciate them, and you'd leave. Now we have pre-performance talks. But more importantly, we have the Internet. We have uh, things on YouTube and other multimedia sites. And I've heard that you have a blog. Now, I'm not even sure I know what a blog is, but... It, but for everybody here, can you just describe what a blog is and, I, and tell us about that? Actually, I had a little website at one point I don't have anymore. Okay. It's been <laughs> a while now. But yeah, a little blog, it's like on Facebook or mm -hmm. all those on MySpace. Mm -hmm. So you, you can put like some pictures and give like yeah, the actuality, what you are dancing. Okay. And so some dancers are doing it. Um, right now, I'm a little bit too lazy to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but so I think it's important, uh, like, for your own publicity. It, oh. For sure, it can, it can be um, very rewarding. Um, maybe in the future, I, I would think to try to do a little something like that. So, but when you say for your own publicity, do you mean that you think your audience, your fans, your admirers feel closer to you and, like, they know you a little better? Uh, for sure that uh, if somebody come to see a performance and see a dancer that they are attracted to, maybe if they want like some cl complementary information, mm -hmm. they will certainly like uh, type on Google Pascal Mola or whatever name oh, okay. and maybe get more information. So I think this media, it's, it's great to know better maybe any artist, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. a good thing. Well, I did find your blog and um, <laughs> okay. I found it. And on his blog... One of the things he mentioned, one of the big, the last, maybe the last uh, installments, you mentioned that you had a guest performance in Kazakhstan. Oh, yes. Now, <laughs> w where is Kazakhstan and why were you there? <laughs> well, Kazakhstan, it's actually a very huge country. So it's yeah. the ex-Soviet uh, republics. Right. It's the largest yes. of the former Soviet republics, yes. I do believe, actually. Yes, and actually yeah. it's really a huge, huge country. It's like maybe three or four times France. Wow. To give you an idea, wow. at least. And um, yeah, I've been contacted actually by some people from Paris Opera. Mm -hmm. And um, they were asking me to do a guesting over there. And I was like, Kazakhstan? Um, of course, like the first, first thing came to my mind is that movie, Borat. <laughs> 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 like, well, uh, why not? I mean, I'm very curious. So I didn't <laughs> say no right away. And I went uh, on, on the internet and uh -huh. do some research. So you, you looked it up before you went? Yes. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> and actually, the, they have a new capital, which is Astana. It's been 10 years that the Astana is the new capital of this big country. And they have actually uh, right now a lot of money because they, find, uh, they found like a lot of gas. Mm. So for them, it's, uh, Astana, the city, is building. It's like a, a, a new uh, Shanghai, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like building, um, very modern building everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, the venue where I was dancing uh, with um, uh, some other friend from the ballet was well, a pyramid, mm -hmm. a brand new pyramid. Right. It was like very exciting. I mean, the architecture over there, it's very heteroclite, right. but so interesting. So it was actually a great experience to go over there. They are very civilized and uh, there is also like a, a, a beautiful city that yeah. they are building right now. I, I just get the sense that you love to travel, that you love visiting other cultures and places. Where, where would you like to go that you haven't been yet? I would love to go to um, Australia. I never went uh -huh. on, I never stepped on that continent. 
And um, hopefully one day, uh, even maybe with the company, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we're going to go over there. I would love it. My friend uh, Damien Smith uh, just came back from uh, Australia. He was guesting with Christopher Wilden. Mm-hmm. He's telling me such a beautiful country about his country. So I, I really look forward to go, to go there Brilliant. at one point. Well, I, I have many more questions, but I want to give you a chance to, to ask some questions. So uh, if you have a question for Mr. Malat, please let me know. The question is, how did you get started, and how did you find your way to the Paris Opera Ballet School? I started to dance miming Michael Jackson. So that's the way I've been introduced to the world of dance. So I was, like, front of my mirror with the tape of Michael Jackson and repeating, uh, like, all the moves of Michael Jackson. Then, um, and also break dancing. And then... Uh, are, are, are we, are we going to get a sample? <laughs> are we going to get a sample? <laughs> He was dancing backstage, I'm telling you. Okay, I won't put you on the spot. I won't put you on the spot. Okay, at the but, end. <laughs> but, but he does it so well. He does it so well. So you're really inspired by, by pop culture, American yes. culture. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another question. Yes. Okay, wow. Big question. What's your preference in terms of ballets? Hilarion is not one of her favorite characters. What's, what's yours? Where are you drawn? Where's your heart um, in terms of ballet? It's two different approach, but for me, um, they are as, as important uh, because a story ballet uh, is going to be more as an actor. And those uh, ballets like uh, from McGregor or Forsyth, they are way more physical in one way. So actually, they are very complementary to each other. And I cannot say that I have a preference because I love to do them all, actually. And actually, I love to not be put just in one drawer. And I like the versatility. And that's what I like the most. I don't want just to do good at one thing. I want to be good at so many different things. And if you um, uh, approach those ballet, try to do that cleverly, it can bring you so much to enrich yourself that uh, both of them are uh, very important in the career of a dancer. I am told that I didn't get the second answer to the previous question. Can you briefly explain how you got into the school? Okay, so because I was dancing, my my mother was taking some jazz class in a big school in Montpellier, and they had a little party where I put a show. And uh, because they were playing Michael Jackson, then suddenly I was dancing, then suddenly a circle was around me. Then the director of the school saw that and said to my mother, I want your son for the performance at the end of the year. And so my first step on stage was like to do Michael Jackson. And three months after that, uh, I had to decide because I was uh, playing soccer in Montpellier and it was uh, really my first passion. And my mother said, you cannot do both. You have to choose between dance and, and uh, soccer. And so I choose dance and say, okay, if you choose that, you have to do classical ballet. I'm like, oh, I don't know what it is, <laughs> <laughs> but let's try. And three months after that, actually, I was taken in Paris Opera. So um, that's how it started. Unique story. Unique story. Yes. Ah. Good, really good question. The question's about substitutions. Occasionally, a, a dancer might be unable to continue or finish a ballet, and another dancer has to step right in, and that's happened for you. Uh, tell me how that happens. Are you, are you waiting in the wings? Are you warmed up? So, yeah, it did happen to me with Artifact and with Joanne. Every night, uh, you have to sign in, of course, to make sure that everybody's here. 
And sometimes you don't dance and you just have to cover. So in case if something happened. And uh, so most of the time we try to stay around, you know, or even like look from the wing. For my part, when uh, Joanne Lingers himself, I was just in the wing, so I just ran, put the costume, and here we go. Wow. And it was kind of the same for uh, Liz Miner um, uh, last uh, few days ago. She was in the wing, and uh, unfortunately, Christine um, sprained her ankle. Mostly we are in the wing, or not too far from, from the theater. And uh, Alan Villarreal is doing like, such a great job. Uh, always can uh, call us, you know, in case of an emergency. So um, that's why normally there is always somebody in case something happens. So, so she's, yeah, she's, she's curious as to how that happens for any given role. Uh, is there somebody waiting for every single role? <laughs> Hopefully uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen very often first. Yeah. And uh, it's also like uh, maybe uh, some dancer who are dancing the ballet knows maybe many different parts. So they are maybe already on stage. So if something happens, they can maybe just uh, switch and just go to another part that they know too. Right. Right. We have time for a couple more questions. Uh, way in the back, in the black, uh, you had said that this was one of your goals to come to San Francisco Ballet to dance here. And, and tell us, wh what was the, the real essence of that? What, why, did, why was that so important I mean, the San Francisco Ballet has a lot of prestige all over the world. It's known as one of the really best uh, house of dance in the world. And when you're in Europe, you know that. And what, uh, what attracted me a lot is the repertoire. And the repertoire is so vast. So many different ballet choreographers. It's, I think, one of the best repertoire in the world, or maybe the best. And... I knew also a few dancers before uh, I, went, uh, I came to audition. And that's why for me the, the repertoire was really the key. Like I said, I just didn't want to do just classical or contemporary. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do both. And I think it's really like uh, the best company who can offer that to a dancer. And it's really a great variety of new works as well that challenges the dancer artistically. Yes, we have always like new choreographer coming like always the best choreographer in the world are coming here to work with us. So uh, as a dancer, you feel always fed. So <laughs> it's just like what you need, you know, always to be fed, to, to go like always like try to, to be better yeah. of what you are doing. Yeah. Okay, right here with the hat. Good question. Let's compare and contrast dancing one choreographer versus another. In program one, you danced a ballet by Mr. Thomason, and you also danced Balanchine. So how do you approach those two different – those dances are very I mean, stylistically different. I mean, they are stylistically different, but it's still very uh, neoclassical ballet. So they are mm. – I would say they, they are part of the same family. If I take, uh, sorry, um, a balanchine mm -hmm. and you see a four-side piece, it's a prolongation of, of the, the balanchine work. Helgi has worked, like, uh, a lot with balanchine and know his style. And in prison, he's trying to, to give the best of the neoclassical on stage with those steps that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think that there is any contrast mm. uh, between those two because it's kind of the same vocabulary. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like uh, with Helgi Step, he's really always trying to uh, put the best of his dancer. Mm -hmm. And he's really uh, good at that, like to really... Uh, put all your uh, assets, all your um, strengths 
on stage with the step that he's offering to us. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the end of our time together. It's so exciting to talk to Pascal. I want to thank the audience for being here in live. Thank you and very I wanna, much. Yes. And um, if you want to know more about San Francisco Ballet, more about our education programs, and more about our points of view lectures, and, and read more about the dancers, please check our website at www.sfballet.org. 